back for yet another week of Behind the Lens. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Debbie Lynn Elias, MovieSharkDeblore.com. You can find me all over the place, uh, reviews and interviews, and right here on Behind the Lens. And finally, and on MovieSharkDeblore.com. Yes, you. So, uh, yes, yeah. and on MovieSharkDeblore.com. Which you write a lot on. A lot of you have a lot of reviews on it on that site. I have a lot. How many reviews have you done on that site? You think probably. I don't know. That doesn't even have half of them because over <laughs> wow. transitions over the years. Um, yeah. Uh, from sites being redone and content was lost. So, no, there are a few thousand that are missing, and there are more than a few thousand that are already on there. And honestly, if you really want to read in-depth movie reviews, go to MovieSharkDeblore.com. I know Debbie doesn't really toot her, her own horn, but the movie reviews are really in-depth, and they're very long. And if you're really <laughs> into movies, read her reviews. <laughs> Well, so, thank you. Yeah. And for those of you joining us, Greg Srizavazdi is back as my cinematic cohort today. Even though I haven't been in the last couple of weeks, I'm still your cohort. Yeah. So. Okay, cool. I so, have no thanks. other cinematic cohort. Oh, feels good. Kit and, Ken <laughs> Kit and Kendra pop up once yes, in a while. Yes, yeah. But it's a rotating. Kendra loves loves coming on the show. She has so much fun. Oh, great, great. Yeah. You know. I don't have too much fun. No, I, I know. You you, you, <laughs> ne you never have fun. No, I have a lot but, of fun. But you know, so. this is a very, very fun show today. Yeah. I'm very excited about today's show because we are really going to go behind the lens with some very talented filmmakers uh, who were part of the Los Angeles Film Festival Future Filmmakers Showcase back in June. And uh, they've all been extremely busy all summer long with their various projects. So we're actually going to have uh, the team from Youth FX in Albany, New York, joining okay. us. Uh, they were the winners of the Ed Elias Future Filmmaker Award for Best Narrative, uh, $500 prize. And just very quickly for backstory, can you tell the listeners what the award is about and how it was founded? Oh, my God. Oh, just yes. The, the Ed Elias Future Filmmaker Award, I have partnered up with Film Independent and specifically with Los Angeles Film Festival to kind of give back. For those of you that don't know, and I know there are the, many of you that do know, mm. uh, my father worked at WFIL, WPVI in Philadelphia for 60 years, starting in the days of when Walter Annenberg owned the station, mm. all the way up through Capital Cities, ABC, and Disney. Um, and because of the fact when I was in film school and in broadcasting school, I never even had to go to, I spent my whole life, we basically had all the equipment in our basement. I never had a problem with access to equipment or oh, materials. Nice. Uh, so I was very fortunate. I didn't have to ride the subway to the not so nice part of Center City, Philadelphia to go to Temple University and use the <laughs> film lab, uh, unlike many other people right. had to do. Yeah. So I, yeah, and it was just a way of life for me, but not everybody is that fortunate. Mm -hmm. So now I have partnered with Film Independent and am sponsoring every year as part of the festival because they have a, a future filmmaker showcase. And I'm now underwriting the Ed Elias Future Filmmaker Grants in the various categories of narrative, documentary, and experimental or animation yeah. uh, in terms of you know, main prize, main grant recipients, and then special mention grant recipients as well. You know, and, and for them, it's something that they can really look back on, and it's it's going to be it's an important part in their creative chapters. You know, that that journey. So and you know, every little bit, of, every little bit of money helps, That's especially right. 
Because of the very nature of technology today where you can right. shoot inexpensively and still turn out something well, they can get $500 and it can be another whole film for them. Right. Not just the money, but also the encouragement and the nurturing that this kind of award brings yeah. as well. So it's amazing. And then yeah. as part and parcel to the future filmmakers, I extended an offer to all of the, f of the young filmmakers that... They can be part of Behind the Lens uh, as part of the summer and then throughout into the fall. Uh, Natalia Ferraro will be joining us in the fall because she's been traveling in Italy and doing festivals there. And yeah. But today we've got uh, the team from Youth FX uh, talk about their short film, Falling, and exactly what Youth FX is in Albany, New York. It's a fantastic program, filmmaking program for kids. And it's actually spearheaded and run by Bawan Suchak. And his daughter, Maya, is going to be on the line with us today. Okay, she cool. was one of the co-directors of Falling. Uh, then we're going to have Sarah Evans, writer, director, star of a, another beautiful little short film called Chris that has a great twist in it that you really don't see yeah. coming. No spoilers here, right? No spoilers. Okay. And then... The whirlwind of filmmaking, Kira Bursky. Kira did a, a, for LA Film Festival, she did a fantastic little film called Hello from Malaysia. That film also, she became a finalist for the first ever White House Student Film Festival. Mm, okay. And she's been to Cannes. She, uh, she is just, Kira is all over the place. Um, and she, in a good way. In a good place, way. Yeah. She's actually, <laughs> she's from Seattle. She's in L.A. Mm. this week. Okay. So she's going to be calling in from here in L.A. But uh, she's got a lot of fun stuff coming up. She's speaking at some film fest. And then wow. she just won another film fest in Seattle. So we're going to let her tell us all about that. They've all done more in their lives than I have. So I'm a, a little bit envious. Well, I, I think I... and you've gone and you've... <laughs> and, yeah, we will have on the video of the show, right. we will have all the information for the yeah. Vimeo links for, because all the kids have their videos set up, so you can go view them, you can comment on them. And in the case of Kira, she's got easily, what, 15, 15, 20, Youth FX, same thing, they have enough, but they, yes, I know. Her resume is amazing. Yes. Um, resume builder she does not need, she knows how to do it. Kira, so. Kira is the first future filmmaker <laughs> I've ever met that has a three-page resume. Very thorough. So, yeah. but the drive and initiative of these kids, and you can see the progression of their films, mm. and they make no secret about it. You can go to their Vimeo accounts. They, you can go to their Twitter accounts. You can engage with them, and we will have all of that information displayed on the video later this week, and we'll also mention it throughout the show as the kids are, are on the line with us. Mm. Cool. But before we get our first call from YouthFX in a few minutes, you brought a visual aid today. We have lots of visual aids Well, I'm not going to grab the visual aid because it looks so, Jordan really put it really nice in the middle of all your visual aids here. Yes, today's a big visual aid day, <laughs> folks. We've got visual aids for Breakpoint that we've had yes. up here, which is a fabulous film that is opening September 4th. 4th? Yes. 4th. Yeah. VOD, uh, it's on VOD, and then it's opening in theatrical. Tennis comedy with Jeremy Sisto. Jeremy Sisto, yeah. David Walton, and yeah. my buddy, 
Joshua Rush. Joshua is actually, we're working it out now, so Joshua will be joining us live. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, he steals the show. He steals yeah. the show. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. A, a, an incredible film that just happens to be set against the backdrop of tennis about brotherly love. And another film that's coming out the middle of September, and we'll talk about it later in the month, but we already have visual aids for it. Mm. Pawn Sacrifice. It is masterful, symphonic brilliance. Really? Okay. I, it is the story of Bobby Fischer, Boris mm -hmm. Baskey, 1972, written by Stephen Knight, who did Locke. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay, that's amazing. So anybody out there that has seen Locke, you are in for another treat with this script. It is so thoroughly researched. It is flawless. And then you see Tobey Maguire's performance as... Bobby Fischer. It's ranks ama among his best performances. Probably? I think it is his best. Oh, in all okay. honesty, and I yeah. have to and I have to say, watching when I first saw the film, because I remember the '72 the Spassky Fischer mm. uh, championships. It was televised. It was a wide world of sports, and it was at the height of the Cold War. Mm -hmm. So, and it was really America's way of combating the Soviet supremacy attitude. Yeah. And they real and you see a lot of the backstory unfolding through an attorney, Paul Marshall, an attorney that was involved. Michael Stolberg plays him. Uh, oh. Fisher had a second, because you always go into these things with a second, because traditionally what is done is in after a match you want to replay matches or prepare for another one, so you need somebody who can, who is your caliber who can play. Right. And in that we have Peter Sarsgaard, Peter who plays Father Bill Lombardi, and Lombardi. Oh actually had played Spassky in his youth. <laughs> so these are all real people. Yeah. And then we have Liev Schreiber who plays Spassky. Oh, wow. And Schreiber's another one who's played chess since he was a young child. Oh, that's some cast right there. That's a great cast. And yeah. it's, to watch this unfold, the construct is directed by Ed Zwick. It is, it unfolds like a chess game. Mm, mm. It is, you know, check and mate with this one. It no, is I can't wait to hear the sound that you got, you collected from the oh, interviews, right? I did all so the interviews yesterday, yeah. and absolutely fabulous, fabulous film. And we will be talking about that more. The, I think the 16th or so, the middle of the month, it, it comes out in theaters. Uh, and it is a not to be missed. It, it really sheds light on the geopolitical and sociopolitical climate of the time, the period. Mm. And here's a bit of trivia I'll give you right now. Mm. The tur the championship was played in Reykjavik in Iceland. Mm. And in preparing for the film, they found out that in the building where the, the game the matches were played, they still had the table that Fisher and Spassky played on. You see that in the film. They oh, had it they had it flown to Montreal where they were filming. That's pretty amazing. So there is I mean that's history right there. Yeah, you know, well, regarding not to be missed, very quickly, Warner, Warner Archive several weeks ago released this movie called Riff Raff. Mm -hmm. And if you love film noir, which I know you do, you love film noir and TCM, what, Summer of Noir? That Summer just, noir. Just ended, just right? Just ended. Yeah, right? but this movie, Riff Raff, you probably n never have seen this. It's kind of one of these B-level noirs. I'm touching because, the Yeah, go ahead. Look, I'm look, touching it. Look at the... The leads. It's Pat O'Brien and I think this Walter Slezak. Yeah, and Anne Jeffries. Yeah. Okay. So I personally, I've seen a, my share of noirs. I really actually did not know the main actors. You did obviously because yeah. your your knowledge is really more extensive than mine. But on a cinematic level, the reason 
film noir enthusiasts or cinephiles should go see Riff Raff is A, the first six to seven minutes, there is absolutely no dialogue. So it's all visual mastery mm-hmm. by this director. I'm trying to, his name is, I believe, Lee Tatslav. Yeah, Ted, 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 Ted Tatslav. Yeah. He, Ted Tatslav, he, I had no idea who this guy was, but he was the DP for Hitchcock's Notorious. And you see some of that kind of mood within the six to seven minute no dialogue sequence at the beginning of Riff Raff. The rest of the movie, which is set in Panama, it's probably set in the studios actually, but yes. it's really a cool film, but just on a real level, just to watch six to seven minutes of absolutely no dialogue, just frame by frame of beauty. And it's shot at night, stormy night, and it's about this uh, missing map that Pat O'Brien has to recover in Panama. But definitely go see it. It's a manufactured on demand title from Warner Archive. And, to, to be honest, I, I get a lot of DVDs, and I really... And this is not... I'm not shilling for Warner Archive. I, I actually love watching just this so old... I, just so everybody knows, we aren't shilling for anybody. However, yeah. you know, anybody that is interested in being a sponsor of Behind the Lens, we have right. really great advertising packages that also get you online advertising with my site, with Greg's site, deepestream.com. Yeah. So please, reach out to us if you're interested. Yeah, no, no. And then we won't beg you. <laughs> but as much as you love TCM, yes, is, for me, it's the same thing with Warner Archive. So whatever they put out, especially if it's a noir or a film from the 40s and 50s, I'm all over that. And uh, Riff Raff is one of those. So that's it. That's, that's it. That's, huh? my riff raff, my, that's my riff on Riff Raff. So. Well, and you know, a very important thing I have to point out, the, yeah. the beloved Anne Jeffries. Okay. Is my friend Anne Jeffries, and who I talk with on the carpet every year at TCM. Her best friend was Anne Rutherford, and they. Wait, were the wait. So you actually? I know Anne. That's amazing. See, this is why I love talking to you about this. And, and by the way, Anne Jeffries also was in General Hospital for quite some time. Okay. She played okay. Amanda Barrington. Well, here's the thing about Anne Jeffries. You watch her in Riff Raff. You should definitely check this out. Yeah. She is really just telegenic, very yeah. charming, and obviously she had a great great career with General Hospital. But I've I always wondered why. I mean, talent-wise, she's right up there with, in oh. my opinion, like Lake, uh, Veronica Lake, yeah. Hedy Lamar, just as far as magnetism yeah. on camera. So, But Anne is, yeah. is, she and Anne Rutherford, for years, they would be the first people on any red carpet. It would be the two Anns who would be, you know, walking a carpet together. And actually, a short carpet interview that I did with her is actually on my website from TCM a couple years ago. I will definitely check that out. That's so awesome. Yeah. I know. And that actually was a very sad, because that was actually Anne Rutherford's last carpet, and she passed away before the next uh, TCM. And then Anne and I, Anne didn't walk the carpet the next year. She waited because it just didn't feel right to her. And I was still there because I knew she was coming. So we talked afterwards, and they were so close and such good friends that she knew the exact number of days since Anne Rutherford had passed away. Oh, that's that's amazing, yeah. But a lady of utter class, she is fabulous. So, yes, any anything with Anne Jeffries, people should see. <laughs> that's a great story. Yeah, so, yeah, that's awesome. Uh-oh. And yeah. we, have, we have our first okay. future filmmaker. Is this the very talented Maya? Yes. Hello? Hey, Maya. Is that your dad I hear with you in the background? <laughs> yeah, I'm also with Michaela. Michaela's there, too. Hi. Yes. Hey, guys. <laughs> How are you? 
Good, how are you? Fine. I am so thrilled that you were joining us on Behind the Lens today. We've talked about you off and on, Youth FX, and, you, and your work off and on all summer, and to now actually have you calling in, I am just, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled, so thank you. Thank you. So, what have you been doing since you did Falling? And I have to ask you guys, how surprised were you when you won the big, the big narrative prize at L.A. Film Festival? Um, well, I have been working on a, a couple of different projects um, since Falling. Uh-huh. But um, called Manhunt, which is a different movie. And then uh, some music projects. Um, but then I was really excited to um, win the L.A. Film Festival. That was really cool. I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you all, Youth FX is a really great organization. And Bawan, if you want to jump in here, if he's, if he's still wandering around there, and tell everybody what Youth FX is, because we need more groups like this throughout the country to nurture our young filmmakers. Yeah, no, definitely, Debbie. Um, we... Um, we're basically, you know, in a nutshell, we're an organization that really um, fosters creative and technical um, uh, creative building uh, skills with, with young people, teaching them uh, digital filmmaking. So one of the things that um, we do, we started eight years ago here in Albany, and we, we do a bunch of workshops. We're, we're mainly um, focused around a summer intensive, which goes for five weeks, which is during the time of the summer intensive. Last summer is when we shot and you know came up with actually wrote the script shot and filmed um falling and one of the things that that i think is really important about um youth fx is that it's really all about empowering young people to tell their stories through film so you know we teach a lot of um skills as far as like camera sound learning how to do lighting and learning how to edit and then we started to include as michaela mentioned some music um this this past summer we did uh, actually the, the students recorded their own tracks and and our some of them are shooting some music videos. So it's really kind of a wide range of skill building, but ultimately, you know, at its core, it's really about people telling their stories. And I think Falling is a really perfect example of the, the work that we're doing um, to, to help foster that. So let me ask Maya and Michaela, how did the two of you get involved in youth ethics? Short of you, Maya, and your dad, you know, holding you hostage and saying you have to do this. <laughs> well, actually, I originally was into photography, and um, one year, I was actually able to come along and do behind-the-scenes photography. And since that summer, I've just been really interested in it. And I started cinematography, and, yeah, it went from there. And um, for, for me, I got involved. Uh, basically, just I just moved into Albany, and I didn't have anything really to do. So we were me and my dad were looking for... Um, kind of like activities for me mm -hmm. and we came across these effects and I just thought it was perfect because I love acting and I just wanted to you know be around kids my age so it was pretty so, cool. So how does the collaborative uh, format work with you guys because I know Maya you and Imani pretty much you co-directed and then Michaela you and Imani were writing so is this like you guys all sit down you, you just do like a brainstorming session to put things together what is the style that you're developing for the filmmaking process? Um, well, what we did was, yeah, we sat down and we basically just, like, all talked about our personal experiences and kind of just, like, put it into one. 
Um, so it wasn't, I don't really think that it was like, uh, we had like much of a format to it. It was more of like, um, kind of us just like being free with, you know, with, with like with what we went through and kind of just put that into the movie. So. Mm-hmm. And how do you decide who's going to do what, who's going to direct, who's going to write, or does it just kind of fall into place? Um, most of the time it falls into place. Sometimes we have groups who ahead of time decide they want to do specific projects and directors who come with specific projects. Um, with Falling, it kind of was, it wasn't one of our first like front films in the program. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, we just came together and decided to do it like one week. Um, <laughs> but basically everything fell into place. Whoever was on the project, I was able to do everything, was able to do everything. Mm-hmm. Can you guys say I, mean, I think, Debbie, I was just adding that I think that part of what, you know, it sort of goes back to, like Michaela was saying and Maya was saying, is like they, they came up with a concept for, for a film. They had a story that they wanted to tell. And then mm-hmm. through a collaborative process of script writing, they worked on the script. And probably about a week it took you guys to write a script. And then while that team was developing the script, Maya was really drawn to the project and wanted to kind of have it um so you wanted to sort of give it like a more experimental feel um rather than a straight narrative and i think that while on one end you have people working on the script and acting and kind of casting you on the other side of it you'll have people who are developing you know the the, the crew that's going to be on the film you know what style mm-hmm. of, are they going to shoot it what kind of locations what cameras are we going to need and so it's kind of like simultaneously that's happening and then the group will come together um, for a pre-shoot and just kind of discuss what we're going to do, make a schedule, and then we just go off and do it. And I think one of the things that, to me, is really exciting is that you learn all these new, you sort of get all these new ideas when you work in groups rather than in isolation, and I think that following really a lot of that, that film, you know, was developed by, by a mix of, of so many different people coming to the table, but ultimately it kind of came out of, you know, like some people's personal experiences, but then was shaped after that by a group. Mm-hmm. You know, for you, just uh, with youth youth effects, what's the what's the joy in in working with so many students, promising students in so many different aspects of filmmaking, whether it's editing, writing, creating the story? I, I'm sure for you, it must mean a lot as far as seeing them grow through the process. Yeah, I mean that's really been um, the thing that I'm really excited about. I'm a filmmaker myself, but I mainly work with docu- in documentaries, and so so we do mix of documentary film and narrative. And what I really love to see is people kind of develop to a place where they kind of get a sense of how the process works, and then they start getting excited about bringing more ideas to the table because they understand what the possibilities are and what kinds of stories they can tell. And then what I noticed this summer, for example, is like there's so many more students every year. (laughs) So I think the challenge is really developing enough skills so that, you know, when you have, for example, this summer we had 35 people, and you might have, you know, 10 films that are going to go into production. It's like, how do you make sure that there's enough um, people on set? So that was a challenge sometimes to get enough people together because we have so many new students every year and we didn't expect to have this many ideas. But I, I mean, I'm just excited to see how it grows and to see more and more um, kids kind of being passionate about filmmaking and not seeing it as something that's like kind of a, a replication of what they might see like at the mall and these really big blockbuster films, but that really the story is at the core of what we're doing. And that if you focus on the story, your films are going to be really engaging and, and, and reach a lot of people. So I want to ask Maya, because I love 
the visuals that you have in Falling. You have some beautiful effects using, you know, lens flares during the night with, you know, with taillights, traffic lights, you know, lights on, on buildings. And then you have the simplicity and beauty of just some long grass wafting in the wind. How did you go about designing your visuals and finding the locations that you chose? Well, um, for me, I'm very, like, in the moment when it comes to framing everything and knowing exactly what I want to do. So I, once we figured out our locations, basically I just wrote a basic shot list of what I wanted to get, like the main shots I needed to get. And once I got there, I just, and what is that word? Improvised, basically, and um, just did what I felt like should be in there and would look good. Now, when you're looking for locations, and Bawan, you may you may need to jump in on this, but do you learn about obtaining locations and releases in order to use locations? Or do you just go yeah. and you shoot? I mean, a, a lot of times what we do is, is, as far as like permissions, is because we're an educational organization, we, we tend to get, you know, um, it gets us a lot more access than I think if we were just like a, pay, like a, you know, like a film that has a budget and we're coming in as a big kind of, you know, professional crew. I'm always... You know, usually when people are asking, hey, are you guys, you know, uh, what are you guys doing or if you're filming? Because most of the time we film mostly in, in places that we have access to already ahead of time. So we've kind of gotten permission. Uh, the amusement park was an interesting thing because <laughs> we kind of just went in there with the cameras and, and we it, it felt like that we were filming kind of following Michaela and Sierra, who was the other lead, um, as if they were just, it was funny because I think a couple of people even asked you guys if you were like famous or something because they're like, why are there people with cameras? But we kind of walked in and we just said, is it okay if we take stills and, and shoot some video of, of them? And we didn't really tell them it was part of a big film production because it really, I mean, our, our, we don't, we never know like the scale of our program is, is small. And then I think obviously when we made it and then it got into LA, it kind of raised the profile of it quite a bit. Um, which was amazing, you know, but at the time we're kind of just, you know, we're just a small group. I think at that night we had a crew of maybe eight people total with us. Um, and, and like Maya said, you know, it's like she had an idea of some of the shots, but we didn't get to get too much of a chance to location scout and mm -hmm. plan a lot of the, the blocking because, you know, we, we didn't have access to go over there for the full day and shoot. So we kind of went in at night. And I think judging by the way that the sky was that night and the lighting, Maya kind of just kind of took a look at that and really she knew what she wanted to get out of the scene. And I think sort of going in there with that. But, yeah, we definitely talk about, you know, the difference between obtaining permissions and just sort of going in kind of DIY style. And I think, like, we, for example, we shot in the high school that our kids, a lot of our kids go to. So we had permission yeah. in that case to go in. We talked to the school, and they love when we come in and film, and I think it really helps them to – sort of connect and say, hey, look, our kids are doing this really cool um, program. Um, and then we found a friend, you know, actually she's part of the program, Noelle. She's uh, one of the, the supervising producers on the film. And that was her house that we used for the interior um, for the house seat. And the theater we used was the theater that hosts our screening every year, which is our local independent theater in Albany. Aww. So, you know, we kind of work with our resources that we have. Well, and it's nice to see this is truly a community effort. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you're it's not like you're just out there on your own like so many filmmakers. You have that safety net of community around you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that makes a really big difference. So now what projects 
Now, Michaela was saying that she was working on some music projects and another film called Manhunt this summer. What were you? What have you been working on this summer, Maya? Are you still directing? Or are you trying out new techniques and new kinds of experimental visuals? Well, so far, or this past summer in our six weeks um, intensive, I actually filmed two films and co-directed one. Um, I've been working a lot with tripods, trying to break away from handheld with fall and with all handheld. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to challenge myself with that. Um, so I've been working, I'm working on two films this summer and I'm currently working on a documentary and two more films will be shot sometime in the fall, hopefully. <laughs> and yeah. Okay, how do you have time for school with all of this filming you're doing? My gosh. I honestly have no idea how it will work out. I'm actually starting college in a week, so we'll see. But hopefully I'll be able to find a balance between both. Now, will you get to stay in Youth FX as you move on to college? Yes. Cool. And where are you going to go to college? And what is are you going to be majoring in film? I'm actually going to the local community college because that's a program for people who have left high school. Mm-hmm. So I didn't finish high school, so I'm going to finish up my last year and also go for associates not in film, but for biology and medicine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, who knows, one day you could be making medical instructional f- training films. Right. My hope is that I can do both. <laughs> <laughs> and Michaela, what are you going to be doing? this fall um i will be entering my junior year of high school <laughs> and that's Cahoot high school and yeah it's basically just do, doing like movies and stuff and finishing up those projects and hopefully having a uh, more things to do in youth effects now can, should we be on the lookout for possible submissions for next year's los angeles yeah. film festival yes definitely yeah because you know Maggie McKay, who programs the future filmmakers, Maggie loves you guys. Yeah, Maggie's great. We actually, I was just emailing with her the other day because I heard she got a really exciting new uh, position at Aspen Film, which I think is really exciting for her. And um, so hopefully we're trying to connect with her before she, she takes off and, uh, and goes to the mountains. But um, the other thing, too, is Falling Since L.A. has actually gotten into where I think we just found, we just got another notification. We've been in eight film festivals since L.A., um, which is really exciting to get the film out there. And the following one, um, Best Film and Best Screenplay at Boston Spa Film International Film Festival, which is a film festival in our region, and we're going to be in Woodstock, and a whole bunch of other festivals. Actually, I think even one in, in Europe, we got into one in uh, Bristol in the U.K. So it's been pretty exciting since... Um, LA and I think it continues because we have a whole bunch of submissions out and I think it's just really exciting to see this film and this story get out there because I do think it's like a very relevant story and I think the way that it's told and it's, it's presented is something that can really engage and, um, and get young people specifically to kind of be you know thinking and, and connecting to a story that, that's relevant to them. So for any kids out there in the Albany area, how can they become a part of Youth FX? Yeah, I mean, actually, as we wrap up our summer, the, the way that they can really get involved is to um, to go to our website, which is um, youthfx.org, 
or follow us on Twitter at YouthFX Film or Facebook. And they can find out information about some workshops we're going to be offering because we're going to be at two local high schools, after-school programs, and then we're going to be at the public library um, offering a, a, a monthly, I'm sorry, a weekly um, after-school program there. So we're trying to really expand the amount of workshops because part of the challenge is we can't really meet the demand of our summer program. We only have a limited amount of space. Mm-hmm. So, which you know, and I hate turning people away, but I think like this summer we, we kind of hit a max as far as numbers just because, you know, we have a limited space and we have a limited amount of gear, so it's like hard to always have, you know, as many people as you would like to have. But I definitely encourage any young people in Albany to just connect with us and the other thing is, too, we're openly seeking opportunities to, to visit schools and bring our films into other places. So I think anyone that's interested in, in, in bringing our films and presenting our, you know, our uh, filmmakers and actors love coming around and touring with the film and, and presenting, especially to other young people. I think that's really what we're, we're really striving to do is to reach young audiences. Well, and on the video of Behind the Lens this week, we will have all that information on there so people can see it. it. It's right in front of their face so that they can look at the screen. And while they're on their computer, they can very quickly send you off an email and follow you. Great. That'd be, that'd be awesome, yeah. Guys, thank you so, so much. Unfortunate, yeah. Unfortunately, we have to move on because your co-filmmaker... Who Sarah Evans, who had the film Chris at LAFF, is also good, is joining us here. And Bawan, you're going to be joining us again in the future to talk about your film. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm actually waiting on, um, we're going to be um, at the Justice on Trial Film Festival um, with the Throwaways in October. That's a festival presented at um, Loyola Marymount University. So we'll be in touch and hopefully we can, we can get on the air for that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. And we're taking a short break, and when we come back, we'll have Sarah Evans, future filmmaker on the line. Behind the Lens is sponsored in part by the Culver City Observer. Located in the heart of Screenland, Culver City Observer is available in print and online at www.culvercityobserver.com. And we are back with Behind the Lens, and the wonderful Sarah Evans is on the line with us. Hey, Sarah. Hi, how are you? I am fine. Thank you so much for joining us as part Thank of our... Thank you so much for having me. As part of our Summer of Fun with L.A. Film Festival Future Filmmakers. I mean, you just... I'm, I'm so proud of you and what you did with Chris, and I can't wait to see your... Because you have two other films coming up that are in post-production. What's the holdup here, woman? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I have one that I got to film about three months ago, which is called Curveball. That was a a crazy little experience because not only did I write it and act in it, but I also directed and produced it. Something that was a lot to take on at once. It was a a learning experience for sure. And that one's almost done with post, but the holdup is that this other project that I'm working on, Talk to Me, shot, um, I think a little less than a month ago now. And so that was a lot of prepping for that shoot. So now hopefully I will have both of them to show to you very soon. <laughs> Yay! You know I want to see more. You, you know that I love seeing the work that all of you do. And I've just been dying, waiting to see the ones that you've got coming up. Now, Chris is... It's a fabulous little film. It's got a twist in there that you really don't see coming until the end. Now, did you co-write that with Zach Ocean? 
I did, yeah. Um, we wrote it. We wrote it. Oh my gosh, wow! It was almost two years ago now. When um, in December, people were already talking about prom and all the excitement for it, and it was a little bit weird to us because we were still sophomores. <laughs> but you know, people were kind of throwing around ideas about making this film about prom, and we also really wanted to make a film that kind of challenged social norms and spoke some words for social change. And then the idea came together for mm-hmm. sure. Now, how do you decide, when, when you're working with somebody like Zach, how do you decide who's, who's directing, who's doing what? Well, I originally only wanted to act. I didn't, like, I, <laughs> I wasn't, I always had an interest in film, but I was originally, I really wanted to be an actress more than anything. But that year, I had really gotten into writing, and I kind of found it this wonderful, amazing little way to, you know, make yourself a role and have these new creations. And so um, Zach and I have known each other for a very long time, and we decided that we wanted to write this together. And since I really wanted to be about, I really wanted to be in front of the camera on that one, he was more than happy to be behind the lens and direct. And he has a, <laughs> he is so interested in directing. And so he took on that, and it just kind of, it really worked out perfectly there. <laughs> and how, how was he as a director directing you? He was awesome. At first, I was like, I don't know, it might be a little weird. I've known him. I've kn- wow, I've known him since I think first grade, <laughs> and he was awesome. He was he handled it very professionally, and he always gave me great notes and on set, and, and he really knew what he was doing, which was great. He write up a lot prepared to direct. Well, now I got to ask the the tough question here because the project you that you're is in post now, where you wrote, produced, directed, and acted. So, how well does Sarah Evans, the actress, take direction from Sarah Evans, the director? Yeah, that was definitely one of the most difficult aspects of that shoot because it was a lot of there was a lot of kind of just trusting myself and being and knowing, okay, it's not it's not an embarrassing thing for you to say, okay, well, I think I need another take. Or I think that if I did this one more time I could maybe do it better, which was something what I was afraid of is like I was working with incredible actors on that shoot and that I was a little bit nervous. Like, is it bad if I ask, if I think that like maybe I wasn't that great and I asked for another take for myself. And I found that to be, I found that to be the biggest challenge. And then overcoming that and realizing that like, I am my own director on this one and just to trust my instincts, whether I feel like I needed another take or not, or that I could do it better. And then while simultaneously trying to make sure that I was on the same page as the other actors was definitely a challenge, but something that, as the shoot went on through that day, it became much easier. So what was the process like for Chris? And, you know, everybody hears horror stories about filmmakers in the mainstream, about submitting to festivals and the whole process and waiting to hear. What was the festival process like for you with Chris? Well, it was definitely, it was Zach and I both, it was our first time really making a short we had made, like, I guess, well, we had made a bunch of other little films and stuff, but this was the first one that we really took seriously and put months of hard work into. And so our film teacher, who is the awesomest person ever, Mr. Maxson, kind of talked to us, and he was like, I think you should really try and submit this to the festival. I think you guys really have something special here. And he had been working closely with us on this whole pro- project and, like, supervising us. And so we were like, okay, let's do this. And... We submit to a bunch of festivals. We had no idea if we were going to even make any of them. And now I think 
as of yesterday, actually, we are in 20, which is awesome. And mm. it was just a really cool experience. I remember, I think it was a year ago, it was about a year ago in July, where we got into our first festival. And I remember Zach calling me and just being so ecstatic, like, we finally got in somewhere. And it was just, it was the most exciting thing ever to know that someone had really saw the hard work that we put in and appreciated that. Well, what is it like watching your film with a bunch of, not just family and friends, but people who want to actually see it at a fest? Have you experienced that kind of like big room of people reacting to what you shot? Well, the first time that we screened our film, it was in front of our whole school <laughs> at like our film assembly. <laughs> wow. And it was one of the most terrifying things I have ever done because not only had I written it with Zach and been a whole part of the creative process, but I was going to be on screen. Mm-hmm. And I remember almost I it was like in our it was in our gym and I remember almost running out of there and Zach was like, No, come on, you have to watch it, you have to see everyone's reaction <laughs> and he finally convinced me to stay and it was just really cool to see everyone people that I knew and like went to school with every day become invested in the mm-hmm. story. We actually got some booze at one part and then when that twist happened at the end everyone was like, Oh my gosh, I never saw that coming. Great job. <laughs> And it was just, it was a really cool experience to see people that I knew become invested in it. And it was really similar at the festival experience, the festival experience too. I remember the first one that I got to go to was in Indiana. It was mm-hmm. Heartland Film Festival. And I remember sitting in, it was, we got to screen it at an AMC. And I remember sitting in the theater with Zach being just as nervous as the first time <laughs> and hearing everyone say like, what, are you kidding me? Um, and then that changed to everyone just kind of realizing the bigger message in it and the applause and which is such a cool thing to get to experience. Now, when you're sitting there in a theater watching this, are you actually watching yourself on screen or are you turning your head and watching the people in the audience? (laughs) Well, I think the first time I was really focused on watching the screen and seeing everything that happened and, almost wanting to critique myself, but also, like, applaud myself at some point. <laughs> and then after seeing, after just hearing the reaction from the audience and kind of taking a step back and looking around at everything, I started to try and balance a little bit of both at different screenings. So I think the first school one, I was really watching the screen, and then at the next festival one, I watched the audience, and then I kind of tried to balance a little bit of both at some points at the rest of the screening. Now, what is it? What is it about filmmaking? Is this something that you see yourself, you know, pursuing as a career? Absolutely. It's. I think it's this really cool and unique way to tell a story and to share an experience with someone. And what I found is when I was younger, a lot, I, I stutter a lot. I have some trouble with words, which is funny because I always want to be on camera as an actress. <laughs> but um, it's one thing to be able to talk to someone and give a speech, especially with Chris, I could easily have gone up to someone and, you know, given the speech on the need for social change and what's going on in our society and how our generation is kind of the future for that. But I thought that it was way more powerful to be able to tell it through a story and get people to to kind of be invested in someone else's story and really connect to that to see the greater meaning behind all of that. And I think that's why filmmaking is so special. Do you ha- do you see where you're going to go in terms of directing or writing? Do you see yourself gravitating one way or the other at this point? Yeah, 
Um, I think directing is really awesome, and I definitely want to do more of it, but I've found my passion for sure in writing. Mm. It's something that now I happen to do every day, and it's kind of all I want to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what would be your dream project to write? Do you have one yet? Because everybody dreams about writing. Writers want to write the great American novel and, and have a legacy with that. Filmmakers want to make a film that is better than anything Spielberg did or better than anything that Hitchcock did. Do you have one of those dream projects in mind yet? I've kind of been, I think I've thought of a couple, but I haven't, I don't really know yet. I definitely, I've always wanted to stick to film more than TV for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, I've also really wanted to kind of write my own comedy series also. (laughs) I've become like a big fan of like 30 Rock and Parks and Rec and the Mindy Project, all these shows where there's these great, um, female leads and they're also kind of created and written like Tina Fey created 30 Rock and Mindy Kaling um, writes her own show and I think that that is something that I've really been drawn to and I think that's such an awesome thing to be able to do especially since there's a lack of female leads in TV. Well I have to tell you if you want to for a good starting point there's a great web series out there now called Live in the Dream L-I-V-I-N apostrophe the dream it is hilarious. They've got eight episodes in the can, and they're all, you know, little shorts, maybe five, three, five minutes. But it's a okay. Full, I'm it, writing that living the dream. Yeah, it is, and written by women, uh, starring women. Lead actress is, is a woman, and it focuses on her foils. Uh, and it's kind of a behind the scenes, inside baseball kind of look at, you know, acting and filmmaking and TV production and. It's got some wicked, wicked humor going on, and I think you would really enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm writing that down right now. I'm super excited to go watch it. Is it on YouTube? It is. I, th- I think, well, I know it's on www.liveinthedream.com um, on its own channel. It might be on YouTube as well. I'm not 100% sure. Okay, I'll definitely go look up their website, though. That's awesome. Uh, Jordan's telling me that it's on Vimeo. Oh, Vimeo. Oh, good. Duh. Thank God for Jordan. It's on <laughs> it's on Vimeo. Okay. Now you now you know where to go look for it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yep, just wrote it down. I will go look at that immediately. That sounds so great. So now you've got what do you have coming up this fall? School, film, combination <laughs> of both? Yeah, I have my senior year of high school, which is awesome and cool. Um and then we'll be working on, I'll be working on a project with a whole group of people, which will be a lot of fun. But I also have Curveball, which is the one that I kind of tackled, wrote, produced, direct, all that fun stuff. And so hopefully I'll have a, I have a cut of it, but hopefully I'll have like a finalized version within the next month. And that one is about, um, it's basically the adoption interview between, um, it's a gay couple who kind of goes through a midlife crisis and decides, they're not even midlife. They're pretty young. They just go through this crisis and decide that they want to adopt a teenager. So it's mm. essentially the adoption interview between that teenage, that like 16-year-old girl and that couple. And then that's um, a comedy. It's a comedic take on it. And then I have Talk to Me, which I got to work with a whole group of people, which is really cool. And it's a, it's very intense. It's a drama about 
it kind of delves, dives into the relationship between a father and a son after the death of um, the mother, and the father's really struggling to, he's just struggling in general ever since the death, especially with the connection of his son, mm-hmm. and it has to deal with, I don't want to, It's this one's always tricky because it's, I don't know how to really summarize it without giving up way too well, much. Well, they don't. Also making it <laughs> we, very clear, but it we don't believe in spoilers. For sure, we don't. We don't give away spoilers. Yeah. So now, so do, that's all I'm going to say. It's it's all centered around the father, and I got the privilege of working with Shane Johnson from mm-hmm. Power on that one. So that was an incredible experience, and I'm really excited to have a cut of that and show it to people. Well. Joining us as soon as we hang up with you, we've got your fellow L.A. Film Festival future filmmaker Kira Bursky is joining us today with her film, Hello from Malaysia. But now, promise me, when you get the others done, I get to see them and you'll come back on the show and we can talk about them. Absolutely. Sarah, thank you so, so much. And I will be hearing from you soon. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was so great to talk to you. Uh, And I will definitely email you soon. Okay, (laughs) thanks, Sarah. Bye. Thank you. Have a great day. And now we have the whirlwind filmmaker herself who is just globetrotting all over the place, making films every place. Kira Bursky. Hi. Hey, you. How are you? Hello. And we're not calling from Malaysia today. It's not hello from Malaysia today. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's hello from Los Angeles. It is indeed. (laughs) (laughs) So this is... White House Student Film Fest finalist. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, it, I, we need to. Hear, Greg and I need to hear about this. Okay. We, we need, I can tell you about it. That. Yeah. Uh, we need to hear how you go from L.A. Film Festival to the White House Student Film Fest. Yeah. Okay. So I first, I actually originally made the film for the White House Student Film Festival. Uh, I heard about the opportunity, and I thought, wow, that's that's pretty crazy. Uh, I might be able to have a film screen at the White House. I think I should try. <laughs> um, and so their prompts was um, about the future of education with uh, technology. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I wanted to tell a story that was more um, character-driven and about relationships, and I wondered how do I strike that balance between telling a story that's really about the people when the prompt is about technology. And so that kind of sparked um, my interest in telling this particular story. And uh, I also wanted to collaborate with the lead actress, um, mm-hmm. Iman. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I knew that she came from Malaysia, and I wanted to kind of tell her story in a sense and incorporate um, technology into how she can um, better adjust to a, a new culture and showcase her own culture uh, to connect with others. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I just think I I think it's very it's creative, it's innovative, and your imagery you do you utilize you know screenshots and then you you've got skyping going on and you have people googling and you're including the images of all of that and you do a really really nice job of of blending it all together. Thank you. So what what. You have the longest resume of anybody I've ever seen as a future filmmaker. <laughs> uh, the, I mean, you're in this for the long haul. Yeah, I think so. What Now, I know that you also, you just won the Seattle 48-Hour Film Project as well. 
Yeah, we, so I co-directed with my best friend and we won Best Directing, which was pretty exciting since we're both two young female filmmakers um, and there were about 80 teams. So yeah, that was, that was pretty nice. <laughs> now, you know, tell the audience what these 48-hour film projects are because I know I've been, oh, yes. I've been in some of them that are 12-hour, 36-hour, 48-hour, yes. and it's a real grind, And it re- but it really really taps into your creative energy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I am a big supporter of the 48-hour film competition. I've actually done about 10 of them because I'm so addicted to them. <laughs> um, I've done about 10 of those. I've done a 60-hour film project, and I've done a 24-hour film race. And all of them are crazy, but they are so worth it. So uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, you have 48 hours to make a complete short film, and that's write it, direct it, edit it, all that jazz. And the way that they know that you made it during those 48 hours is at the start of the event, you draw out of a hat a genre, and then your city has a line, a character, and a prop that you have to include in your film. So then uh, they know that you made it during those 48 hours because you have those specific elements that were given to you at the start of the at the start of the event. So, yeah, it's a, it's a whirlwind and it's crazy, but it's really fun. <laughs> Now, do they give you equipment to use, or do you have to have your own equipment? Uh, you have to have your own equipment. So, I mean, some teams, you could, if you wanted to, shoot it on a phone, but then some teams have crazy amounts of equipment. It just uh, goes all over the spectrum. You know, whether it's shooting on a phone or any type of camera or whatever cast you have, do you think there's a kind of through line in all of your films? Is there something about you that's in each of your projects? And if so, what, what is it specifically? Oh, yes. Um, with almost all my work, I don't think uh, Hello from Malaysia necessarily has this, but almost all my other work, uh, I like to have a magical fantasy twist on everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I love all genres. I love uh, doing anything from a quirky children's comedy uh, to a really dark, twisted, creepy, strange drama. But the thing about all of that is if I'm going to do a comedy, I want to do a magical fantasy comedy. And if I'm going to do a dark, creepy drama, I want to do a magical fantasy dark, creepy drama. Um, so, yeah, I just like to put in the magic, put in the whimsicality, because um, I'm just drawn towards that. Um, I like finding the magic and everything. So, obviously, when you got to meet Guillermo del Toro at Cannes, oh. <laughs> that that must have been a dream come true for you. Oh my goodness. I I couldn't believe my eyes. It was pretty surreal to see my favorite director just casually walking by me. <laughs> yeah, I, I that's pretty crazy. Well, since Guillermo is your favorite director, what is it that makes him your favorite director? Well, specifically, I love his film Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, <laughs> for me, that film is a beautiful balance of capturing the perspective of a child but in a very dark world um and i i'm personally just extremely drawn towards um that strange in between uh, of a fairy tale but then just this dark grittiness of reality um and so i think that the lens that he uh, puts the story through through this the perspective of this, this little girl with everything that's happening is just so unique and so beautiful and so magical um so yeah it's just just the way he he captures that story i think is just 
it's amazing. It's so beautiful. Um, yeah. Well, now I know coming up this fall, you're you're never ending. You're always traveling. You're always making films. <laughs> But you're also going to be speaking at the All-American High School Film Fest in New York City. I I am. I'm I'm excited. (laughs) Wow. What are you going to be speaking about? Or are you just going to just let your energy just everybody get it through osmosis in the room? I'm not quite sure exactly (laughs) yet. I'm um, in contact with the heads of the festival. We're still figuring out um, what exactly I'll be talking about. But uh, one thing that I do want to talk about, um, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be talking about, is uh, I'm actually starting an organization for and about young filmmakers. And I, my goal is to have it all ready to launch online by that festival so that I could, um, and not necessarily announce it because I've been telling people about it, but um, just to like get the word out um, in front of an audience of really talented young filmmakers. Maybe I'll be talking about that. <laughs> and what what is the organization going to be called? It's going to be called Big Little Filmmaker. Nice. I like that. Very catchy. Now, yeah. are are you creating a website and and all of that kind of stuff to go with it? I I am indeed. I actually been spending a lot of time on this, and later today I'm going to sit down for a while and keep on working on it. But um. Yeah, it's going to be a website uh, with interviews uh, with young filmmakers, just like like this, I, I suppose, <laughs> and um, interviewing um, film professionals. But also the main thing about it is I want to create a community, a hub for young filmmakers, uh, where we can connect with other young filmmakers um, all over the place, um, just to create a central community uh, with access to information uh, in regards to programs, like the one that you were just talking about earlier, oh, uh, the, the one in... The one, uh, yeah, and Youth FX in Albany. Yeah, exactly. So so that young filmmakers have access to know about these things because there's so many amazing opportunities out there that are just incredible. And I, in the, in the past two years, I've had just a little glimpse into this world of just all these possibilities of things that are just for young filmmakers. I've had free trips and crazy prizes and crazy connections and crazy experiences and all of those things, I just want to pour that back into other young filmmakers so that they can have the same amazing opportunities. So I want to use Big Little Filmmaker as a platform, a community, a hub uh, for young film- filmmakers to find out about everything that's out there just for them, that they can have and they can um, experience. Well, unfortunately, Kara, we're out of time. I'm getting ugly looks from my sound engineer, Brian, mm. that he's going we're, to, we're actually running late. Will you come back on the show again? I would love to. <laughs> All right. I will, we will email. We will stay in touch. And you will be back on, especially when you get Big Little Filmmaker put together. Perfect. Well, thank you for your time. Thank Thanks, you. Kira. Bye-bye. Thank you. And that's it for today. We'll be back next week, and we've got another full show next week.